uh, I asked her a question in one of our classes and I think my professor had asked about, uh, or had, he was talking about mitochondria and he something, said something about Christae. And I'd never heard that word before in my life. And I'm a, I'm a junior at this point. I was like, what the hell is a Christae? Like what? And so I lean over to Poe and I was like, Poe, like, and he, he's, at, he's talking about it. Like it's, it's evident that well, we all know what it is. Like you guys obviously know what Christae are. And I was like, what the fuck is Christae? And so I was like, Poe, like, what, what is a, what is Christae? And she was like, John, like the folds in the mitochondria, like what we learned in bio 93, like, come on now. And I was like, oh yeah, fuck me, right? (laughs) Welcome back to the BS in Life podcast, the podcast where we talk about life beyond your degree. On today's episode, we are talking about advice we had wished we had gotten in college. Um, if you're new here, please like and subscribe. We'd love to see you here again next week. Let's get into it. Boom. Okay. The article. The article we are discussing. What's the title of it? I don't have it up, actually. It looks terrible. It is. <laughs> love, the, love the prep. Yep. <laughs> you wish you'd gotten in, when you'd graduated from college, 25 TED speakers answer. 25 TED speakers answer. So right before we we're real live, I was telling Allie, I put this one up and this is going to be, I mean, I know it's going to be a great episode, but I put this article up and I didn't read it. <laughs> I saw Ted and I was like, I like Ted talks. I think the company's awesome. This article has to be awesome. So I threw it up there and uh, I mean, it's not a bad article. I don't think it's a bad article. Just I, we, like we said, I think it tried a little too hard to be like, Oh, like super deep. Um, so anyway, what we're going to do, is we're going to pick two or three of them. Or one of them, <laughs> the, whatever one. So essentially the article is, it says, what advice did you wish you had gotten when you graduated? And then asked 25 TED, TED presenters, TED, TED speakers, I don't know what, TED, TED speakers, what they would, what they wish they would have gotten. And then they say like a little excerpt and then it goes to the next one. Um, so I picked one, I might, might have two. Uh, and none of it's bad advice, but it's just like, just, uh, I just did, none of it really resonated with me personally so I didn't choose much of it what about you um I I had advice that I wish I had gotten and two of these like kind of said what I wanted them to say Mm -hmm. so I like I'm just gonna share the advice Mm -hmm. like they're like loosely based off of two of these but they're like same topic not the same wording or like the way I would have said it if that makes sense okay what okay I have a little I have a little warm-up before we go into that what is your your thoughts on like advice or I guess advice that's like super not practical. Like where do you draw the line between advice that's not very practical and advice that just like sounds good? It depends. Cause like sometimes the not practical advice is like needed or like valid. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think a lot of the times people like to think, not think, people like to sound smarter than they are. So they give mm-hmm. this like Ooh, like magic ball. <laughs> I know everything advice. And it's like, no, like none of us had our shit figured out. Yeah. Like, you know, I, I think some, sometimes people just try too hard. Mm. Like to have something that sounds really good, but like you think about it and like, okay, well, what do I really do with this? So, I mean, I'm kind of on the same, same boat and not, not to say it's bad or anything. Some people might, might work for some people, but like when I think about what I would have liked to hear and what I find myself telling like people in college now who ask me for advice it's usually pretty simple 
and it's not like I don't or at least I don't think it's something that's like I'm trying to sound super esoteric it's just oh I wish someone had told me this because I didn't know this and then that's kind of it but anyway so let's get into the article what yeah, you you, you, yeah I'm recording okay thank God. <laughs> so why'd you go first what is your what was your first one um so my first one was let me pull up my notes because it's not the one that's in the thing <laughs> um let me pull up my other notes oh there it is okay um so you don't need to have everything figured out on graduation day um I personally feel like while you're in college the narrative that you see on tv and that you hear like touted is that like everyone has these internship lined up for when they graduate they go straight from the internship to the job like your whole life like on this like road to like success. Mm-hmm. Um, as someone who did not have any of that, <laughs> um, I was like, I like honestly spiraled my, like my senior year. I was, I felt like I was so behind and I felt like, and I know it sounds dramatic, but I felt like I'd like screwed up my life. And I was like, I'm never going to be able to recover from this. And I got like super depressed and like stressed out about like not having my life together, not knowing what I wanted to do not having a job I was like oh my god it's over like it's a wrap um and I realized like pretty quickly like most of my friends didn't have these perfect jobs lined up right after they graduated I mean like Omar being the exception Mm -hmm. um and like a lot of people like didn't have it figured out and like for example my parents who didn't go to college until they were mm, 30 Really? They didn't go to college till they're at least they're, like, till they're 30? I think my dad was like, yeah, like 28 oh. or 30. And my mom was like 32. Hmm. Nice. I yeah. So it's like, I, I realized like as much as you hear on TV, like everyone's got it together. Everyone knows what they're doing. Like it's not, that's not it. And you mm-hmm. don't have to have it together to be successful or like have a good and like rewarding life and like have a like strong career. Like it'll come in time. Like you're 22, it's fine. Yeah. So where where do you draw the line then of the person that person who is stressed? They think their their life is falling apart because they don't have a job right when they graduate. They don't know what they're gonna do, as opposed to that person who you know has nothing lined up, but they're kind of like, well, whatever. I'm just gonna go with the flow and wherever the universe is supposed to take me, that's where I'm gonna go. What 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 is the line? Because I I often in i would say in college i was more so like not go with the flow i was i always thought to myself i would if i just work hard i'll be where i'm supposed to be and Mm -hmm. that works during school because you have like a path you don't have to really worry about where you're going in that path right Mm -hmm. you just work hard you get good grades you know you do what you're supposed to do and then now that i'm here i'm kind of trying to find the balance of like how far in advance like in the future do i plan for at like 10 years five years or just the next year and I'm, i'm i'm often like well i don't it's hard to find that balance. So where do you, where would you draw that line? It's hard because there's, there's two sides. So like, I, I don't think that just working hard means that you'll be successful. I have friends who worked their asses off, had way better grades than me and were unemployed for most of this year because they lost their jobs because of COVID. So like life happens. And I think I think what I wish I would have understood when I was having that panic attack about like, I don't know what I'm doing is like, 
it's there's a healthy level of stress that's like I should like I should apply for jobs I should do these things like stress that moves you forward and then there's an unhealthy level of stress where you start to like spiral or like where you start to like anxiety or like um where like it starts to affect you like that's where I draw the line is like your your reaction to it so like yes be motivated yes like still try and like get a job still try and get good grades but like if it's not perfect like that's okay like it could still work out and like if you have everything perfect it could not work out so like it's it's like I don't know just like maintaining a healthy level of stress if that makes sense yeah no I agree I remember I had like I had peers in biology who were either pre-med or wanted to go to PT school and like if they got a b minus on a test like it was you couldn't hang out with them that night like they were distraught they were like crying and like I was just like bro like it's obviously yeah you want to get great grades but like it's, it's not that it's not that serious I don't know if it's quite that serious and like now that I've graduated this might change but I mean I find myself in the last two years I graduated in 2008 19 2019 um that just two years like two years is like what not that I planned it at any point or heard this but like two years is what I've been kind of like just finding myself planning for like when I first graduated it was like okay in two years like what what do you think what what do I want to happen in these next two years now that I'm in graduate school it, may, it might just be, be because like graduate school now is two years so like after these two years what what is after that yeah. or like and then there's you know so maybe it might just be that I don't know but I don't know I just found myself two years maybe that'll change I don't know I think something too like on this topic we were talking to I was talking to a friend of ours and he said something along the lines of like there was no backup plan like Mm. he didn't know what else he was going to do and I think something that I've been very fortunate to pick up through all my failures is that I always have like three contingency plans and like not like unreal like three like I could do these things and be okay like in like every scenario of my life. Yeah. Um, and I think that's really healthy. And I think that not like flexibility, but that like understanding that like, yes, this is my plan. This is what I'm working towards. But if this doesn't work out, like I have options and I'm, I'm going to be okay. Like it'll work out. Yeah. That, that's no, important for this too. Yeah. So that is a pretty good transition to my first one. Okay. Cause my first one is uh margaret hefferman said but if it if it but it does mean you should be alert at all times to changes in the world and in yourself that could render your plan suddenly obsolete unattractive or perverse be open to change margaret hefferman ted talk dare to disagree and so like i what i took from that was essentially one have a backup plan but ultimately i see it as just be flexible because me if you know me like if it's not on my calendar i don't want to if it's, if it's in my calendar i don't want to change it it's like this is the day this is happening um if it, it's either happening or it's not happening i'm not changing it like i don't like changing stuff i get like all kinds like my brain's like at least this how i was and i still am kind of like i have that gut reaction like that's that's not how it was in my calendar i kind of short circuit a little bit but definitely when i graduated so when i graduated or actually all through college i had like one plan and it was like, go to college, get ex- go to exercise science, get exercise science degree, become a strength conditioning coach. That's what I'm going to do no matter what. And it's like, it, it was, it was great. Like I, I was, I think I was on the great path, but 
I think there's a couple things that like I didn't take into account. One, you don't I, I didn't really know what the profession was like. I kind of just liked the way it was. And there's nothing wrong with it, but like you kind of forget, like, oh, I'm gonna grow up and I I think I want a family. Like, and if you have a family, you gotta make money. <laughs> you you gotta make money. And like, although like when you're 22, it's cool to be, you know, assistant strength coach working out all day in a gym all day. Uh, making you know 30 grand a year but it's like when you have a family what are you gonna you can't raise a family off 35k a year you know so that was the first one I was like okay well that's not great and then the second one I didn't account for was that I I think I've said this once or twice on the podcast but when I hurt my back I was like this isn't what a strength coach is a strength coach is a guy or a person who can do all these things be active you know show the players this that this and that and although there's our strength coaches who uh, you know, are not, I don't want to say disabled cause I'm not disabled, but are like aren't strong and aren't like that. Um, but they're, they're not the norm. And so now that I felt outside the norm, I was like, Oh, this wasn't something I took into account. And this wasn't something I planned for. Cause it was like, I'm going to be a strength coach. I'm going to be a power lifter. I'm going to be a weight, weight lifter. So one of the, all these things after college, I my back, all those are like done. And so I'm like, Oh snap. Like I had no backup plan. I had no like plan B. I had no nothing. And so I remember I went to Barnes and Noble and I sat down. It was right after I had like another black throw up. I went to Barnes and Noble. I sat down, I got my, my journal out and I had like this, I had this whole spider diagram in it of like all my skills that I, I can do well, my degree, and then like what professions I could do with those skills. And so far, I mean, it's worked out. I still have days where I'm like, talking to Nate, like, why did I ever want to be a strength conditioning coach? Because it's such like a, a niche uh, profession where with skills that don't really uh, like cross over to any other field unless you're going to go into like uh, personal training or physical therapy or, you know, healthcare or something like that, which none of which I want to go into. <laughs> so that was like the biggest thing I wish I would have heard was be flexible and like have a plan B. I think part of that is that I think something our like high school education system lacks is like um, like conversations about like how to apply your degree and like what things to look for when you're picking one. Cause I think a lot of people go in and they're like, pick what you're passionate about. And like, you know, strength and conditioning is dope. We need strength and conditioning people in the world. But like, if you're passionate about strength and conditioning but you also want to live in San Diego with a family like odds are like, that's not it for you. So like, I think, I think there should be more talk around that because I think a lot of people like make that mistake. Yeah, no, I, I just, I, I, well, to be fair in my high school, I do remember um, an elective class that was like future professions or something like that. And I remember we went to the computer lab and we searched up the average salary of our future professions but I was, I think I was a freshman. So like that dollar amount at the time, like almost means nothing. Cause you don't know what you bills know. are. You don't know. Like judge how much money you need or like. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You don't know. You don't really realize that. And then at the, at the, also, it's also like, it's kind of, it's seen as almost, or I thought it was seen at that time as like virtuous to choose a profession that paid less. Cause to try and seem like, you didn't care about the money. Like that was just me. I was like, I don't care about the money. I'm just passionate about strength conditioning, which, which I was, and which I don't like, 
I don't really care about the money. Like if it was enough to feed, like put food on the table, I wouldn't really care. But there is like kind of fantasy land. And then there's like, well, look, that's great, but it's not, you're not going to be able to feed, like put food on the table for your family. So pick another, pick another profession. <laughs> See, we went like totally different ways. I went in and I picked my major because I knew I wanted to make money. Like, I didn't mm-hmm. pick my major based on like what I was passionate about at all. Um, and uh, I, like, I don't necessarily regret that decision, but like, like I knew exactly how much accountants made two years out of graduation. And that's what I wanted. Mm-hmm. Like that was what was important to me. So like I, I went a totally different way and then ended up not doing that job. <laughs> I mean, but, which, which uh, there's nothing wrong with, I don't think there's anything wrong with like basing your profession off how much money you make, because like, if you're not going to make enough to support your lifestyle, I mean, look, that, like it's just not going to work. And that's just it. And that's just, but when you're, but like I said, when you're a freshman in high school and it sounds cool because you're just so passionate about lifting weights, you're so passionate about being in the weight room, which is something I said all the time, which, and I was, it's like, okay, that's cool. But like, you're going to be poor and broke. So it's like, choose another profession. You can have a garage, you have a gym in your garage. Like, I so would have told me that, like sat me down and told me that a lot earlier. <laughs> like two approaches to it. Like there's the approach of like, this is what I'm passionate about. And this is what I want to spend my time doing. Or like the approach that like what I'm passionate about is not something that I could do in my job. So mm-hmm. I need to find a job that gives me the money to do it in my free time. Yeah. Which, which is, that is the one, which, I mean, honestly, if you find your passion and have it make money for you, I think that's great. But like, I don't think there's anything wrong with just having, being passionate about it on the side. Like I, I plan to be like, I mean, do something in either research or something like pharmaceutical research or something like that. But I also plan to have like a garage gym and like complete continually like read up on strength conditioning research and continually train in my garage and talk about it and with friends like it's like a hobby almost like there's nothing and I don't think there's anything wrong with that I think you don't have to do it for your job and you know I think that's fine yeah I agree yeah this kind of goes into mine oh snap this is really (laughs) good agreement okay so this it something in the, the article like sparked this quote in my head but it was um, a comedian. God, what's his name? He does the one with the faces, the mask. Is that literally the name of the movie, The Mask? Oh, the mask. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, wait, the Jim faces. Carrey? That, is Jim, Jim Carrey is the actor for The Mask. Yeah, okay. So he did a commencement address where he said something along the lines of like, it was a story about his dad and his dad wanted to be a comedian, but he knew he wouldn't make any money as a comedian. So he became an accountant and then his accounting job fired him and like him and Jim Carrey's family were like poor for years because he got fired from his like safe job. And like, basically his advice was like, you can fail at like the safe, like money-making like path. So like, if, if the failure is like, what's scaring you, like go for like what you want to do, not like mm-hmm. the safe alternative. Cause like COVID or 2008 recession, like there's something could happen. And like that safe alternative cannot be safe. And you failed. Mm-hmm. And you still didn't do the thing you wanted to do. Mm-hmm. I thought that was good advice. Yeah. I mean, being, I mean, I, th- I think it's all, it's, it's great. Like, I mean, like you just said, like with COVID, I think it's also great to like have multiple, like be like, I think that goes into being flexible. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, essentially just being flexible. <laughs> Cause like, for example, hello. Um, the thing I wanted to do was accounting because it was safe. My mom did it. I knew exactly what the career path looked like. You go staff account and then you go to the big four and then you go from there to a controller. And it's mm. like, 
I, I knew it, it was safe. I could make a lot of money. And I was scared to do accounting or marketing, which is what like I was passionate about and what I wanted to do. And my mom was like, just fucking do it. Like, she's like, if you fail, you fail. Like you get your CPA, you can be an accountant later. Like, like take your, don't be afraid to take your shot. Cause like you're afraid you're not going to do well. Cause like, mm-hmm. honestly, you can fucking fail and fall flat on your face as an accountant. So like, might as well take a shot at what you want to do, mm-hmm. which is what I did. And it worked for me, but <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, I think you also have to take into account like your situation just so, like if i think about strength and conditioning the path the proper path which is not accounting or mar- marketing well actually i don't know about marketing but it's definitely not accounting it's like you take a whole bunch of unpaid internships you talk to as many people as you can um and then eventually you hope to get hired onto a staff and i mean and if you t- listen to all the top like strength and conditioning coaches at universities or at, like professional teams it's like they ate like nothing drove like cross country for a of unpaid internship if you talk to if you go to like a like a um, conference you'll talk I'll, i'd be surprised if you didn't meet at least like a quarter of them who flew across the country for a summer did an unpaid internship paid for it out their pocket just just to get people on the resume i know people i know a lot of people did that um and it's like that's great but if like if you don't have any money i remember when i like i was thinking in my head when i was graduating i was like well i'm not yeah you could move to back to santa barbara where i'll have it was super small, like no, but no limited connects that I've built here in Orange County. I can stay here in Orange County where it's super expensive. And, you know, but I, I have to put food in my mouth. Like a lot of these people also like nothing, nothing wrong with living at home. Like they, they had the option to live at home. So they don't have to pay rent. And so they can afford to take some time to build these connections and do what they need to do. But it's like, if you have to pay rent, I mean, like, it's just not, it's just not feasible. So it's like, I think you also have to take an account. Like, what is your situation? Like, yeah can you can you like can you stay home and like exactly how are you going to do that do you have a place to live like um and if you have this a situation like i know nay like she's been here with her parents it's like she has she has a lot of options you can do because she has this home base but it's like if she didn't have this like you kind of have to, you have your, your options are inherently limited and in, like what you're going to do from there because you have to put a phone you have to you know have a roof over your head you gotta put food in your mouth so that's something I feel like you got to take into consideration. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I'm not necessarily condoning, like, if your passion is underwater basket weaving, like, <laughs> you know, that's not necessarily the most feasible. But I'm saying, like, just because you don't know the outcome of something or, like, it's not guaranteed, like, don't be afraid to, like, still take a shot at it, is I guess mm-hmm. what I'm saying. Yeah. So, I mean, that that's also a good one to my second one. Um, this so this one wasn't on the article, but I, I often find myself these last two that I have, I find myself telling um, if if like kids in college right now ask me what I would do or like what I thought about a situation. I often graduate gra- gravitate to these last two, um, and so the first one is essentially choose the hard major or choose the hard classes. And this might differ from what Ali might recommend, but I this is what I find myself in college as a biological sciences major I was like I should have went harder I should have went harder and I should have like chose the harder classes because like if I want to like even if you don't know if you want to so we I know I know kids in college who aren't sure if they want to go into like graduate school or go into a technical field or uh you know get go into physical therapy or something like that but it's like if you're take if you're not taking any of the harder classes, if you're not taking the harder major, you're not going to have the option available to you when you graduate. Like if you if you take the easy classes, you took the easy major, 
you come to graduate and like, yeah, I actually do want to do graduate school. I actually do want to go to, you know, physical therapy school, PT school. It's like, if you don't have the good grades, if you don't have like the proper major, that option might, might not be there anymore. And so that's something I found out kind of almost the easy way. Cause it's like my major as a bioscience major, it was exercise science, but it was like heavily bio, heavily uh, technical, heavily ba- basic sciences um, translated like beautifully to so many other fields that I could go into. And the, the base um, like curriculum that I was taught in bio was like, so like the, the technical training that I had was just like amazing because now I have all these other options available to me. And so if I didn't have that, if my major was just exercise science, no technical of like the basic cell research, I wouldn't have the cell research option available to me right now. I'd have to go into either just exercise science as a, for the, my doctor program. I'd have to go into something much more tailored to exercise science. And I didn't know all exercise sciences. No, I didn't know all like most exercise science majors were different than mine. Mine was more so of a strict like bio sci major. But when I'm talking to other exercise science majors from other other schools, it's like it's like they don't have that cell research background. They don't have that like reading research background. It's like having those skills and having those classes from taking those hard classes and choosing the harder major was just like phenomenal in my opinion. Mm. So I think it really depends on what you want to do. So like if you want to be a lawyer, like you don't want to choose biology as your major because you need to have a straight 4.0 to even get into law school. Mm-hmm. So like I don't know that it necessarily like take the hard classes is like my hard line on like the subject. Um for me, I I wanted to major in um in business because it was like the easy major. And I was like, I can fucking rock a business degree. And my mom was like, no, do economics. It's harder. But like when you graduate with an econ degree, everyone's like, oh shit, econ. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did biz econ, which was like six more classes or something, which was like a little like ad- extra addition to it. So like I did the harder major with like the harder subjects. Mm-hmm. Um, and it worked out. Cause like literally every single one of my interviews, they were like econ, econ. And like, mm-hmm. it it helped me stand out a little bit, but like that worked for me because of the path I took. But like I said, like, if you want to go to like law school or if you want to go to like a, a different path, like the, the answer changes. So mm-hmm. like, I don't know that it would necessarily like always be take the hard classes. Mm-hmm. Also, um, when it comes to like the classes in my major, because I didn't do something within my major, um, I took not like the hard classes. I took the classes like in the major that I wanted to take the ones that were interesting. Like I took economics of religion. I took economics of the environment and like all these things that were interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, that was worth it for me. Cause like I got to learn about what I wanted and like, that was better. Like mm-hmm. and it didn't matter towards like my like career, I guess that makes sense. So yeah. like, I would say I'm happy. I didn't take the hard classes. Cause like, I wouldn't have gotten anything from that. And like, I wouldn't have learned about the things I wanted to. Yeah. I mean, I'm again, I'm only thinking like what I like people in my position. Cause I was like, I know I'm not going to go or at the time. I know I'm not going to go in economic or something like totally like non-related. I know I'm not going to go into one of those fields. I like, you know, biology or the, and the sciences as a whole. Um, so, but I, I, I so I know I'm going to do something with in this like scope of vision. 
So it's like if I have a choice between like a harder class and an easier class, or if someone else in my position knows they're gonna they want to do something in this scope of like profession. Cause I mean, a lot of the people I'm talking to are like track athletes, athletes, or people who like athletics. And you know, the I feel like the inclination is to, oh, well, I don't need these hardcore bi hardcore bio classes. I need something like Kinesis, I need something like that. And it's like, yeah, that's fine. But it's like also, you know you can also learn those things pretty well. And I'd, I'd say a lot easier, it's, it's a lot easier to learn those things like athletics, uh, kines or, you know, exercise on the internet than the, uh, than the other way around. Like I wouldn't be like, I think you can learn a lot of stuff on the internet, but when it comes to like exercise science and stuff like that, you can learn that pretty well on the internet. I don't know if you can learn like how to pipette, how to pipette a solution or like, what a Western blot is as well on the internet. You might have some tutorials, but like having a professor who knows all these things is like, it's going to help a lot. And so when I'm talking to someone who's like in my position, like they're going to do something, it might go from either something on like this left side of like research or this right side of like coaching. It's like, well, take the easier classes because I, at least have I found in like coaching, it's like a lot of it is going to be less like the technical side and more so like just getting in and coaching like getting in, connecting with athletes, you'll find obviously along the way what works and what doesn't work. But when it comes to the research side, like if you're going to want to go into research or pharmaceutical research, or you're going to want to get your, your doctorate in, I don't know, cell research, like you're going to ha have to have some of those technical classes and that technical background. So one, you can learn, in my opinion, on the internet, one's going to be a lot harder and you're going to need that, like that something on your resume that tells doctor programs like he knows how to uh run a pcr reaction he knows how to western blot because if you tell them i mean they might believe you might not but it's like if you have that if you have that hard like i can do this um on your resume that i i found for me it gives me more options within this scope i'm not saying it translates to like economics or law i'm not saying all that but i'm saying like within the scope of like biological sciences choose the harder class don't choose the one that you're not going to learn anything because guess what? Like if you do say, Oh, I really actually do like uh, cell research. And then you apply to graduate schools and they ask you what a Western blood is. And you're like, uh, I don't know. I took, you know, left-handed puppetry. They'd be like, okay, well you can't come here. <laughs> you know what I mean? So like, that's what I've found. And that's what I often find myself telling people like, Oh, I don't know which class it takes, like whatever's harder or okay. Not whatever's harder, whatever's going, whatever's going to, allow you to learn more of the technical subject because the harder isn't always it because i've had both i've had both professors one that's like a class that's not really hard on a technical subject that's really good and i learn a lot one that is really hard i just find that the harder classes i learn more so that's why i say the harder classes i guess the advice would be like understand what you want to do and what classes will prepare you for that mm -hmm. makes sense yeah i get that okay yeah was that mine or was that yours was yours <laughs> that was mine okay yes, you're just, okay. Go. um those were my two okay okay i have one more okay one more this one's obviously gonna be you're gonna laugh because this is me and then oh, it's Jesus. learn how to ask great questions early because no. like why i am so big if, if you've listened before you know i'm like kind of big on like asking good questions mm -hmm. and i it's almost to a fault like if i'm in class and um uh, like if i'm in class and i have a question 
I usually think about it. I'll wait, see if the presser answers it. If it's not, and it's, I think it's pertinent to the class, I'll raise my hand, ask a question. Boom, just boom, 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 boom. That's it. I get so mad when someone raises their hand and it's either like something that has nothing to do with the class. And I'm like, come on, dude. Like, you know, this is some like out there, something that you want to learn on your own. And like, that's fine. It's fine to ask to have those questions, but it's like, wait till after the class, go up to the professor, you know, ask, have your conversation. That's great. Or when someone raises their hand and they just, it's almost like, I don't know if you've felt this, but they can't get it out. It's like, get it out. Like, what is your question? <laughs> like you, you give all this context and like, they're kind of like trying to formulate it. And when I hear that, I'm like, you don't like, you actually don't know what your question is. Like you have to know what your question is and then you just answer it or you just ask it. And it's like, I always get like, so kind of like, uh, cause it just like, I, I think I often think like, I want to be a professor and I often want to like teach. And to me that if I were to see, hear that, it's like, I wouldn't, it's almost like you, I, I, I don't know if it's just me, but I never want to be that person in class who like just wants to ask something or say something just to hear myself talk. Cause I feel like people know that, you know, that person in class that like has a question and everybody's like, and they roll their eyes, you know, I, I, I don't want to be that person. And so like, I feel like having a clear and concise questions or no, and knowing how to ask clear and concise questions, not only in class, but like with other people is like something that like, is going to help because it's, I've found it's like, you learn so much better, not only in school, but like about other people, about your profession, about whatever it is. If you like, what is your question? Like, what are you trying to ask? Like, like I said, like, get it out. Like, what is it? And if you're not, and if you aren't ready to like say it, then just don't say it yet. Just think about it. What are you trying to ask? And then like, what is your question? Cause if you just ramble on, like, I don't you're not gonna the person one like I don't think the person's gonna really understand what you're saying and you're not gonna say it right and then so two and you're not gonna get the answer you want interesting so that's why I'm so big on questions because questions like good like good questions like good questions that make you think it's like whether it's in class or whether often uh I've obviously dropped this book on the podcast like a whole bunch of times last last season but uh how to win friends and influence people by dale carnegie it's like asking people questions is like one of the basis of what he said like what he's saying be interested in other people and ask some questions and it's like if you're rambling on like you don't know what your question is you're kind of just reaching and stuff it's like people are gonna pick up on that and be like dude what the hell are you talking about like what is your question it's like if you can know how to say ask questions like you'll be straight in class because then you'll know what you we don't do what you don't know with other people because you know what you're interested what they're interested in you know what questions you want to get out of them to get them talking you know a lot of different stuff and i found myself when i graduated especially when i graduated like what question the questions that i had, I had so many different questions like trying to sit down and what questions do i have about what i want to do because i never asked myself what, what i wanted to do like like I said, I'll just like work hard and it'll just, it'll work out. And so what I wanted to do, like, what can my job be? Like all these questions that I had and it's like, they're all floating up in there. And it's like, you have to figure out how, what is your question and how do you answer it? And I feel like I wish someone would have told me that earlier of like, what is your question? And then when, and then once you have your question, especially if I'm a freshman in college, like who doesn't want to say anything? Cause they want to sound stupid. Like, I feel like people don't want to ask questions to sound stupid but like no if you've thought about your question and you don't know the answer and you want to ask someone who thinks like ask the question like ask the question like i have had professors who would kind of you know 
they won't say that's a dumb question, but they'll be they'll kind of be a little condescending about it. And it's like, all right, take a little jab. And you just know it's something like, like, for example, if I was in class with exercise science, right, with one of my friends, Poe, I might have mentioned her once or twice. I owe a lot to Poe because she's the person I asked all these questions to about research, about graduate school, about all this stuff. So I asked her a whole bunch of questions. And I remember the first time I had class with her, or actually the second time I had class with her, she's brilliant, absolutely brilliant. She's went to straight to a PhD program at UCI right when she graduated. I think this is her last year. Um, so she's brilliant. Uh, I asked her a question in one of our classes and I think my professor had asked about, uh, or had, he was talking about mitochondria and he something, said something about Chris Day. I had never heard that word before in my life. And I'm a, I'm a junior at this point. I was like, what the hell is a Chris Day? Like what? And so I lean over to Poe and I was like, Poe, like, and he, he's, at, he's talking about it. Like it's, it's evident Well, we all know what it is. Like you guys obviously know what Chris Day are. And I was like, what the fuck is Chris Day? And so I was like, Poe, like, what, what is a, what is Chris Day? And she was like, John, like the folds in the mitochondria, like what we learned in bio 93, like, come on now. And I was like, oh yeah, fuck me. Right. <laughs> so it's like, obviously, cause she has said that a little nicer. Yeah. But it's like that. I feel like that asking, like just having my question, what the fuck is Chris Day asking post? She says, oh, you should basically, you should know this. And it's this, it's like, ask a good question. Like, I know that that's something I should know. So like, okay, that's important Two, I know what Chris Day are. So it's like, boom, there we go. And it's like, obviously she could have said it a little nicer, but <laughs> I like asking great, good questions is something that when I was a freshman, cause I've obviously probably heard the word Chris day. If I would have just said like, Hey, what the hell is a Chris day? Like I'd be straight, but it's like, I was kind of that kid who like didn't want to ask questions. Didn't want to sound dumb. And it's like, you fuck it. Like if you have a question, just speak up, say it. So I wish I would have heard that when I was in college. Do you know what one of my biggest pet peeves is in class? Hmm. The person who asks a question to prove that they know something. <laughs> they ask the question, but they kind of already know the answer. It's like not even that. It's like, um, are we going to learn about the rent control graph? Uh, <laughs> because I know that like the surplus created by rent control and like, like it's like they ask the question to prove that they know something. And I'm like, yeah. you look dumb. Nobody's mm. like wow <laughs> like, or or some, or they ask a question that they know is not like pertinent to the class just to like just to like prove they know everything you know what i mean and they and trust me if you're that person if you're listening to this and the other person just please just stop like nobody's impressed like I'm pretty sure all your peers are probably talking about you behind your back like just please stop if we know you're smart you know you got good grades just just stop and i know because nay she has someone in the, like that in her class she, every day she's like oh, fucking angela like <laughs> No, it's not Angela. I don't know her name, but uh, she always talks about her. And like, I don't have anybody like that in my class, thankfully, because there's only 14 of us. So everybody's pretty straight. I think everybody listens to this podcast, so they don't say anything like that. Jeez. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't think they I don't. I don't actually. Well, I don't know. They might. I, hope I hate the <laughs> idea of like people listening to us. Anyways. Yeah. <laughs> Wait. Review. Didn't tell you Ooh, about it. We didn't do a review. Okay. Just a review? Right here before the end. Okay. 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 Let's do it. Did you get your Spotify wrapped? Did I get my what? Your Spotify wrapped. Like you're I like, don't have Spotify. I have Apple Music. <laughs> God, it must suck to be you. Anyways, um, <laughs> my dad got his Spotify wrapped, and his number one playlist of the year was BS in Life. No. He spent. He listened to every episode and he spent like a ridiculous number of minutes listening to the podcast and it showed up no. on his thing. I took a screenshot of it and I was like, really? And, it's your dad and you have to listen to it anyway. But it was Dude, really that's nice. That's crazy. 
That's sick. Shout out Vader. And it was just his birthday what, on Monday, right? Tuesday? Monday. Yeah, Monday. Monday. Happy birthday, Vader. And he's to, he's our review for the day. Um, AKA Ali's, Ali's dad. <laughs> that's so sick, though. That's dope. Yeah, that's dope. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in to the BS in Life podcast. Uh, shout out Patrick Sohacky for our dope intro music. You can follow him at Instagram at Pink Wolf. What did you think about our conversation? If did you agree? Did you disagree? Uh, did what you have any anything else? Well, yeah. What advice did you do you wish you had in college? If you if you're watching on YouTube, just comment down below. Uh, let us know. If you're listening on Apple Podcast or Spotify, if you leave a five star review, we'll shout you out on the podcast like we did Vader. Um, yeah. So we'll see you next week.